Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, well, we are awaiting anxiously to hear from one Judith Belushi. See, I know all this by, like, by heart. The evening star attraction, Nate Geary. That's how it goes. I, it's amazing, right? Like you could name, you could name, uh, you know, certain songs. Certain people, I should say, can just kind of rattle off lyrics of songs. You know, whether it's you no, know, I, I know Ice Ice Baby or something. But this whole soundtrack for me was it. You know, for the Blues Brothers, growing up, I could do it. Loved it. Still can. Every time I hear it, I still get a kind of a charge. I'm listening right now, and I'm like, yeah, this is cool stuff, man. And they're going to be out at the Riviera Theater in North Tonawanda. It is called the Official Blues Brothers Review, June 25th. That is a week from today at 8 o'clock at night, all right? Dan Aykroyd, Judy Belushi, and musical director Paul Schaefer present the Official Blues Brothers Review. Review. It is the duo sanctioned by Dan Aykroyd and Judith Belushi to don the official hat and sunglasses and walk in the footsteps of the legendary Jake and Elwood Blues. Performers Wayne Catania and Kieran Lafferty capture the infectious humor and unbridled spirit of the Blues Brothers like no one since John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd walked the stage. Backed by a powerhouse band, they'll give you a show to remember, packed with classic hits from the Blues from the Blues Brothers catalog. The live concert show combines the comedy and hits from the original movie and pays homage to Chicago's rich history of blues, gospel, and soul music. Hear all the Blues Brothers classics, such as Soul Man, Rubber Biscuit, Sweet Home Chicago, Rawhide, and Gimme Some Lovin'. It's upbeat. It's uplifting. The official Blues Brothers review is fun for all ages, featuring Wayne Catania as Jake and Kieran Lafferty as Elwood. You can go to tickets, buy tickets at rivieratheater.org. Reserve seating available all sales are final for $30 a piece. Make sure you get on board and do that now. Give them a call uh, up at the Riviera Theater. Call the box office, and they'll uh, take care of you. 716, by the way, 692-2413. That's 716-692-2413 for the Riviera Theater. We are setting the stage for the Blues Brothers, which is next week. you have any uh, shows like that, any movies like that, that the soundtrack just kind of hits you, Nate, that... You know, you just love every song. You're driving around. You got to make sure you have that entire soundtrack in. Oh, I guess we're going to do it right now. We're going to go right out to the AT&T hotline because joining us on the AT&T hotline is the former wife of John Belushi, Judith Belushi, here on WGR. And I really appreciate the time, Judith. Should I call you Judith or should I call you Judy or Mrs. Belushi or what? Uh, boy, just call me your highness. Oh, wow. There we go. Absolutely. I'll do that. Your highness. No. Thank you. Um... Judy is great. Judy, thank you very much for joining me. My name is Sal Capaccio. Uh, your 
husband's movie, his legacy with the Blues Brothers, John, and what Dan Aykroyd did, still leaving an incredible impression upon me. Uh, it was a very long time ago, but uh, what they did, an American classic, I think we could term that. And it's amazing what it's really turned into today. Are you surprised uh, today when you go around the country, even a generation essentially removed from when they were doing that, how big of a uh, show and how important and, and popular it still is today? Well, you know, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but it's certainly something that uh, is so interesting. It's so uh, There's so much warmth and sincerity that it's somewhat overwhelming. Um, I, it's a unique experience, that's all I can say, that to have people, you know, they want to say something because he had such an impact on them, and they can't say right. it to him. So they say it to me, they say it to Jim. They say it to my kids, you know, um, it's it's uh, it's a wonderful energy. And it's going to be Saturday night next week up at the uh, Riviera Theater in Tonawanda. Now, this is the official Blues Brothers review. It is sanctioned by you and Dan Aykroyd as well, uh, as well as Paul Schaefer. How did uh, you and Dan Aykroyd discover the two performers here who are Jake and Elwood, Wayne Catania, and Kieran Lafferty? Yeah, we were um, casting a show in Chicago called the Blues Brothers Revival. And uh, we did an open audition, didn't have success with finding a team because, you know, their interplay is so important, uh, the chemistry between them. And we remembered there had been this infringement film where there were two guys who but sort of they were going to from Toronto to Vegas to to try out for a, um, a, a theater group that had a Blues Brothers, had Blues Brothers impersonators, and that was all fine and good. But they, you know, they kind of they overstepped the boundaries of using the, the brand. So that's how we first met them, and um, we said, you know, they were good. So let's, you know, bring them in and see what what, what we think. And that started the union, and uh, we've been doing this now a long time. That was like '85 or something. Wow, or '95. Oh, Decades are sli- uh, flashing by. Ninety-five would have been about right. Right, still, yeah, that's uh, twenty-one years. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a long time. You know, they're the mature blues brothers now, uh, <laughs> but they they really know the characters. You know, I mean, they they've done it so long. They're they're not. You know, you start out and they watch John and Jim. I mean, uh, John and Dan a lot, and um, you know, and we talked about the characters a lot. And their background, and you know, we I had done a book called Blues Brothers Private, and it was a file of Jake and a file on 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 uh, Elwood, and one on the band that the nun had kept <laughs> from the time they were admitted to the orphanage. John, so we have a backstory for these guys, you know. So they really they really know the characters, and they put them on now and wear them, you know, lightly. It's great. Yeah, you know, we always hear about in 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 the acting world how people have to get into character, how they study to become these characters. This is their life, right? I mean, this is what they do now. Of course, they have regular lives too, but it's not like they're training for one movie that's going to they're going to, you know, film over a 6-month period. This is what they do on a <laughs> daily basis and what they've done. How do they become those characters? Yeah, well, it's you know, with time with 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 work and um understanding them you get to understand who these guys are and then you can you know in your head you just you be them but uh it's also really uh, an exhausting show physically um it's really demanding <laughs> i can I mean, imagine you know uh, when john and dan did it uh, you know there's a change of suits it's the break and the break was important because they were just really you know i mean a lot of performers do this and more and more the dancing is you know so big and non-stop it's crazy Judith Belushi joining me here on uh, WGR on the uh, AT&T Hotline. Go ahead. 
Um, anyway, you're up in Buffalo, and I wanted to say that John has family up in Buffalo. Really? And we went up there in 81, I think, to the lake, which I I can't re- quite remember the name, but, you know, an Indian name. Chautauqua Lake, maybe? Yes, Chautauqua. Mm-hmm. And Cousin Gary and family. Um, and are, they still, are they still here? Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Wow. Shout out to all the relatives. That's right. No, no. We, we, uh, they're, they're definitely part of our listening audience down there for sure. Now, you, you, in this particular show, it's not, let's, let's, let's make sure we tell everybody what it is. This is not a tribute band, right? And can you kind of describe the difference there? Well, I can't say it's not a tribute band. I mean, they're doing, an, from my mind, these are characters that John and Dan created. They put it in a movie. They've done various forms with it. We're working on animation. And these guys are taking to stage. What we created is, um, not a reproduction of the movie, but it's 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 what we call the the live concert experience. When when Jake and Elwood were actually John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, this is sort of how they did it. They were, um, you know, I, I, I have to say I think the characters, you know, have become characters, so there's a little difference. But but uh, what 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 John said on stage sometimes, mostly he was Jake. There were a couple times he, I you know would see him break where he'd just say things like. I urge you to buy as many blues albums as you can. I mean, that became part of the character, but it was really so much just from his enthusiasm because he loved the music so much and he really wanted people to do that. Uh, so it, 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 it's, it's fun. It's just it's good music. There's, you know, it's upbeat. It, it definitely, you, you know, if you like music, you're going to leave feeling energized and is that why? Is that why, though? Do you think, Judith, that you know it still relates and resonates to everyone today, even though it's been, you know, forty years essentially? I'm, I mean, I'm forty three. It's my favorite all time movie. I I know every word of every song in the soundtrack. I truly do. I, I actually dressed up as uh, Jake and Elwood with a, a friend of mine our senior year in high school and performed in front of the school, you know, pretending to be the Blues Brothers. But yet, back at the station. Yeah. The, when you called, you talked to a 24-year-old young man, Nate Geary, who also loves the Blues Brothers. Why does it resonate with everybody of all ages? Well, I think it's just that uh, basic music, the blues. It, 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 a lot of people just don't listen, it can, or they hear one aspect of it over and over, and, they, and they, it, they, it feels like a, a rut maybe to them or something, whereas the, the Blues Brothers brought lots of different sounds together, and they were all just so great. I mean, they're just upbeat uh, as i keep saying because i think that's or you know some of the songs are kind of heavy so, so it takes on a little bit of an emotional journey but um a good song i think is always a good song how, how much are they basically on tour like is this a year-round thing do they take a break is there a certain time of year uh do they like they do they be, perform every every week every every few nights what is it uh, well, they'd be pleased to perform every night, pretty much. I mean, they definitely need some time down, but uh, they tour. You know, they, they they're booking about a year out. You know, and and it's and you they perform in Art Center in general, and um, it's have had really great response and and growing numbers of people coming, which is nice. And and you know, and the sense that the theater and the audience both uh, had a good time and and would like to see them again. So, you know, that's that's great. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure people have seen it more than once, but you can check it out uh, up at the Riviera Theater in Tonawanda next Saturday at 8 o'clock. It is the official Blues Brothers Review. It is the duo sanctioned by Dan Aykroyd and Judith Belushi, my guest right now on WGR. And it, uh, the, these guys get the official hat, the sunglasses. They walk in the footsteps of the legendary Jake and Elwood. Their names are Wayne Catania and Kieran Lafferty. They capture the infectious humor and unbridled spirit 
of the Blues Brothers since no one like John or Dan did back when they did it. Now, did John ever tell you, like, when, when he, you know, who came up with the idea during Saturday Night Live? Was it immediately re- received well? Did they have to go through any uh, hoops or anything to kind of get this thing off the ground? Because it obviously really took off once they put it out there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's pretty much the kind of thing that was in the works forever. Uh, I knew John in high school. He was, you know, he started kind of the joke Cocker imitations because he had that kind of a voice. He didn't quite know how to use it. And uh, he sang some funny songs with the band. He played drums, you know, and then blah, blah, (laughs) he put humor, I mean, the music into his Second City stuff or whatever he was doing. He's always brought music into it. But then when we were shooting Animal House, we came upon a a fellow named Curtis Salgado and uh, the group he played with, which included Robert Cray, who, by the way, was in the movie Animal House. He played guitar with Otis Day. Um, so we, they, they did blues, and uh, John hadn't really been to a, an all-out blues kind of concert for a long time. I mean, as, a, as a young adult, he got into rock and roll, but he really liked all the, you know, the Stones and the Purple, whom, all the thing, people he liked uh, actually were working out the blues influences. And so it was immediately recognizable, but it took it back to its core. And that's when he started getting serious about it, and um, but didn't have the confidence to take it out without making it somehow humorous. Of course, so, that that's you know, what it he went was. on and on. You know, so it grew from here to there to here to there, and um, it's uh, interesting to see things being created. Yeah, no doubt. Is there anything about John that was um, interesting, fun? Uh, you know, I don't know that's great about him that maybe people don't realize about John that's not, you know, talked about enough about John? Well, I guess, you know, I, I, I imagine most, if I, if I imagine what people would imagine about John, I think they probably much see him kind of along a cross between Bluto and Jake. Right. And, and those, and he did have aspects of their, you know, those the characteristics that the characters had, he did have, but um, he also had that soft side of uh, the fellow in Continental Divide who is actually observant and can put a sentence together <laughs> and is actually pretty knowledgeable in terms of history and political uh, events, et cetera. And he was uh, really pretty uh, brilliant. He saw things and got it. He immediately knew Vietnam was wrong. He immediately knew Nixon was wrong. <laughs> he immediately, you know, he was on, he was, following the Washington Post stories with Watergate from the beginning. Um, he was he was pretty sharp. And obviously his legacy lives on, and uh, whether it's you're watching Saturday Night Live, anything like that, or going to the theater, things like that, the thing, a lot of things that uh, John Belushi's legacy absolutely lives on. And, of course, through Dan as well with the Blues Brothers. Uh, terrific show here, and uh, obviously we're looking forward to it on Saturday. And uh, we appreciate you, you know, taking the time out to talk about it today. Judith, I, I really do. I appreciate you doing this. Um, you know, anything else that you ever, you know, need from us over here, if we're gonna, you're going to be in town, the family, things like that, uh, don't well, don't hesitate you. to reach out. I think it's cool that we, John Belushi has family in this area. I think that's cool. Absolutely. I, I, he went as a kid as well and spent some summers. He definitely had a, a, a sense of place there. Well, we so, appreciate God that. God bless you all. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, well, we'll, uh, we're looking forward to the show next Saturday night, Judith. All right, thanks.
All right, thank you. Judith Belushi, and that is the wife of John Belushi. And they're going to have the Blues Brothers Review here Saturday at the Riviera Theater up in Tonawanda. It is a live concert show combining the comedy hits from the original movies, movie and paying homage, if you will, to Chicago's rich history of blues, gospel, and soul music. Soul Man, Rubber Biscuits, Sweet Home Chicago, Rawhide, Give Me Some Lovin', Upbeat, Uplifting. She mentioned those words several times Excuse me about the uh, show, and it's fun for all ages. Wayne Catania as Jake, Kieran Lafferty as Elwood. Call the Riviera Theater box office. 716-692-2413. That's 716-692-2413 and rivieratheater.org. By the way, that's theater spelled with the R-E. Is that the French way, I think, right? The theater? Is that how you spell it? Is that, is that the French way to do it, the R-E at the end, I think? I'll tell you this, kid? Al. I actually took French all throughout high school. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that, like, I know that's, it's okay, it's proper, but that's, isn't that the way to do it? Yes, I mean, it's weird, though, like, sometimes how English will, like, have one word with a French, but you know what I'm saying, like, theater? Yeah. Like, theatre is, come on. Right, right. Know, just call it well, theater. it's like the, um, doesn't the Air Canada Center have T-R-E? Yep. yep. Right? Centra. So there you go. You could do that, absolutely. Is there a movie, I asked you this before, while well, she was coming on, you didn't hear me, is there a movie that, there's a soundtrack that you, you can't pretty much... Know by heart, you love it, you could listen to it all day. Okay, I, this one might be funny though. It, it's actually a Will Ferrell movie, and it's semi-pro. I don't know if you've ever. What seen are it. the? I've seen the movie. I don't remember the soundtrack. His oh my gosh, it's well he does all the songs in the soundtrack, but the song that he stole from his his late mother, his uh, "Love Me Sexy." That you know, come on, it's like the best part of that movie. Why don't you love me sexy? You know. No? Wow! Yeah, I like you could just sing that. I could listen Wanna to you sing that. I mean, that, that's what we could do here. Uh, so yeah, this is that's pretty cool. But there's always those songs that stay with you forever. And here's the thing: see, you'll be like my age, twenty years from now, you'll still be doing that with that. Oh that, yeah, no, that no, song. no, absolutely. Because that's just the way it works. That's the way I am with the Blues Brothers, and uh, they're going to be coming to town. So yeah, very cool. And somebody asked, what time is the Blues Brothers show next week? It's eight o'clock. Eight o'clock up at the. Riviera Theater. So, Ian, who just tweeted me that, will make sure I'll tweet that out to let you know as well. Nate, real quick. So, you had a interesting show this morning. You are on from 9 to 10 with, who were you on this morning, with Brayton? Anybody else? Yeah, it was just me. Just me and Brayton. Okay, and I think you guys discussed medical marijuana or medicinal marijuana, whatever term you want to use, and whether or not it should be in allowed in the NFL? Is it with just the NFL or all sports? I mean, we focused on the NFL because of the whole Eugene Monroe thing. Um, sure. But, I mean, really, the NFL is the only current sports league that's, other than the NHL, that is uh, really, really stingent on the marijuana rules. They are stifflers for it, uh, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it, we just basically talked about you know, the dangers of painkillers, which most of these players now, as Monroe said, are basically getting addicted to at in the ages of 20, you know, and then they're going to spend the rest of their lives in pain and have to take more and more of these opiates to then, you know, do something about pain management. And there's just study and research after research, as I found myself researching yesterday and, and mm-hmm. this week on it, just science, research, anything you could find about all of these great you know, basically factors and these great things about cannabis and cannabis oil for, you know, not only athletes, but people who 
you know, have, are suffering from cancer, from epilepsy, sure, sure. from all this other stuff. And, you know, not to mention my biggest thing on this whole situation is, you know, it's actually proven to help traumatic brain injuries. And that to me is the first and that's it's it's a glaring, glaring issue to me that the NFL hasn't looked deeper into it. If it's proven to help traumatic brain injuries. Well, I, he, I just here's don't the know. thing. Here's the thing. First of all, let me uh, clarify so everybody knows what you're talking about with Eugene Monroe. Eugene Monroe is an outspoken advocate of medical marijuana. He believes that you know players should be able to uh, have access to it and use it legally. He was recently released by the Ravens, and some people believe his political stance on that, if you will, social stance, political stance, led to this. The Ravens deny that. They say it was football issues only. But we don't know because here is a here is an organization, remember, that went through the Ray Rice thing and who also did not draft Laramie Tunsil when they had the chance. I don't know. But they also had a player on their team not too long ago who was very much outspoken in favor of gay marriage, which was not necessarily popular with everyone, and they, they left him on the team. So I wouldn't go as so far as to say that that's the reason they cut him, but some people believe that's the reason they cut him, and that's why you were referencing that. So I, I understand. For me, though, here's the thing. It's not a all the things you said are right. They're, that's right about it, and I agree with you. It should be. It should be absolutely legal and whatever. Heck, I, I just think marijuana should be legal anyway. To be honest with you, that's a discussion for another time. But as far as it, what bothers me is the NFL has a problem here. They they're going to have to at some point, Nate. They're going to have to decide how they address an issue that is they are making something illegal that's completely legal to the rest of society in, in several states where their players live. That, and I mean, they've put themselves in such a tough situation being so strict on it with guys like Josh Gordon, who have literally probably ruined his career over this, you know, drug. Although and, they have they have relaxed some of these yes, rules now. But, they, but not, not a lot, but, but a little. But for the NFL to say, okay, we now feel comfortable allowing our players to use it as a pain management instead of opiates, what then happens to guys like Josh Gordon, who have lost valuable playing time in their career because of it. it it's just it's going to be tough for them to go back on everything that they've been really harping on on it but at the same time I think it really should be up to the players if they're if they're going to be forced to take dangerous addictive opiate pain pills I think that if they want to use medical marijuana in, in in place of those opiates, they should not. They should have no you know pushback from the league on the, that. I, I think the league should the least of their concerns should be. The least of their reasoning, I should say, should be, well, we've always done it this way, so we have to kind of maintain consistency. Look, in life, things change. Circumstances change. Information changes. Laws change. It's okay. It's one of the things I say here where I may predict something to happen for the NFL, the Bills, whatever, or and then all of a sudden... Later on, information changes, and then make, maybe it, I feel differently about that, and then my original prediction isn't, isn't right, and someone says, ha-ha, you said this all along. I'm like, well, I'm not allowed to tell you differently. I get new information. You know, I could report to you now that I think the Bills are going to sign a guy, and then all of a sudden I get new information two weeks from now that says they're not going to sign him. I'm allowed to change you know, the way I report that. Or I might like a political candidate now, but then I find out information I think it, that helps me out that's different, and then I change that I like that political candidate. The NFL should not care what their ro- laws and rules were before that. They are allowed to change. They can make the rules. They can make the laws where for their organizations. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and unfortunately, I think if they don't change and some of the the culture that really is in the training room now is, you know, these players are becoming addicted to these opiates because they need them to play. And some guys can't physically 
go out there on the field because they're so beat up or so injured, but that's their livelihood. They'll do right. whatever it takes to get back on the field. And and I think it's just a slippery slope to continue down as these young men, like it, these aren't just, you know, guys in their 30s and 40s. These are young men who are being introduced to opiates at a very young age. And it's just not a, it's not a safe platform to continue moving down as or did you hear from anybody who said that they sh- this should not be legal uh, not really i because I, I, really. I think i think even and i will tell you this i'm pretty i'm not positive on this i think a lot of our listeners fall more on the you know conservative like type of uh stances and things like that we of course we have liberals conservatives across all spectrums but i think a lot of radio talk radio listeners generally fall more on the conservative side of things but i think this is a social issue that the majority of people have really been on the other side and said, yeah, it's time to kind of open up a little bit. That, but like you said, I mean, we didn't really get much pushback at all this morning. There was, yeah, that's, uh, I don't a, think so. We had a guy come on this morning and tell us about before his mom passed that medical marijuana was the only thing that got her to eat and basically wake up in the morning. She was in such bad shape. She had terminal cancer, and it was the only thing that got her to eat and wake up in the morning. To me, that's that's a powerful sentiment just alone. It doesn't have to be in sports. It, it, it's just in life and society in general that we're looking down on something and promoting these, these prescription drugs when there's something right there that's natural and has never ever 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 killed anyone you've got opiates in 2010 17,000 people died from opiate overdose in in 2010 zero from from 2010 to now zero people have died from marijuana overdose so uh, i don't know there's just so much convincing evidence in in the medical marijuana corner that i think it is really time for the nfl and leagues everywhere to really take a different stance and a different approach well, it's New York State, man. Put it up there with Uber, right? Should be easy. It doesn't get. It's not easy though. <laughs> There's a lot of things that should be easy that they should change and do, and it seems like it seems like it's a no-brainer, and it's not. We just had the guy on yesterday, Assemblyman uh, Ray Walter, and he's like, "Yep, yeah, Uber's not coming. It should be easy, but we can't." What did he say? This is why we can't have nice things in New York, <laughs> it's right? True, I know, yeah. and and it's a larger point. I know you're talking about the NFL, but you know, certain states have it, certain states don't, things like that, and I think we need to be uh, start advancing a little bit more. Uh, when we're talking about these things in general. Let's circle back and talk about the NBA Finals. Let's do that. I want to get Nate's thoughts on Game 7 tomorrow night. Cleveland, Golden State, who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for the LeBron in Cleveland? Are you rooting for Golden State? And i got to tell you, and I'm, I'm, I'm really serious about this, we need to stop just holding up Michael Jordan so far ahead of everyone that no one could ever touch him because I think LeBron's in that in that discussion now. He's in the discussion and I know it's hard to accept that for people who love their, you know, their players from before. And I'm telling you, I, Michael's still better. He's still number one in, in my book, too. But it's time we at least start opening that door because here is a player who finally deserves to have that door open. We'll talk about that when we come back on WGR. He had every right to be upset. He's the MVP of the league. He gets six fouls called on him. Three of them were absolutely ridiculous. You know, he steals the ball from Kyrie clean. LeBron flops on the last one. Jason Phillips falls for that for a flop. This is the MVP of the league. We're talking about these touch fouls in the NBA Finals. Let me be clear. We did not lose because of the officiating. They totally outplayed us, and Cleveland deserved to win. Those three of the six fouls were incredibly inappropriate calls for anybody, much less the MVP of the league. You know what I really like about what Steve Kerr said there, actually? It's because you could, you could pick apart things you don't like for sure. Oh, you know, he's, he's whining, whatever. But th- there was truth in what he said that people don't normally acknowledge. And what he said was at the end, 
he said, you know, those calls were, you know, questionable, whatever word he used, especially for the MVP of the league. At least someone's, at least someone says, hey, the stars get calls, right? That's what he's saying. He's saying the stars get calls. We all know that to be true. Even if people try to deny that that's true, coaches and players, it is true. Of course it is. You know, I mean, Derek Jeter got the benefit of the doubt when it was a baller strike on the corner. There's no doubt about that. But then again, Greg Maddox got the benefit of the doubt when he was pitching the other way. You know, guys get the benefit of the doubt when they are the stars. And in basketball, there was a book written about it called Jordan Rules. I mean, Michael Jordan had essentially his own rules that if it was a foul on someone else, it might not be on Michael. If it wasn't a foul that uh, Michael committed, it might have been a foul someone else committed. So I, I, there's no doubt that that is the case. But what I liked was Steve Kerr said it. Steve Kerr said those were inappropriate. That was the word. Those fouls were inappropriate. So he complained about the calls. Then he t- put the tagline, especially for the MVP of the league. And I'm just saying, I think it's, I appreciate someone being honest and knowing and basically telling the world, yeah, come on, we all know the stars are supposed to get the calls. Whether they're supposed to or not, we all know that they do. Game seven tomorrow night in uh, California, Oracle Arena. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be intense. I hope it stays that way for the whole game. The way this series has gone, the way the playoffs have gone, that's probably not going to happen. You have more of a chance of a double-digit win than you do a close game. There's no doubt about that because that's the way this has gone. But this is now, to me, this season in the NBA overall shifted from a story about Golden State. The number one story about this season has been Golden State all year. 73 wins, record wins. Can they be the better than the Bulls? 96. Can they win the championship on top of it? Steph Curry, what he's doing, breaking records, scoring all these points. The story of this season has been the Golden State Warriors for months. That has changed. The story of this season now is the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James. It's the city of Cleveland, and it's LeBron James. It's LeBron's legacy, and that city may be winning their first ever title in the modern era. I say that because they did before the merger of the AFL and NFL, but that's what it would be. That's what the story is now. If the Warriors win, we'll reflect at some point on, oh my God, how good they are they? Are they the best team ever? Are they better than the 96 Bulls? Look at what they did. But the immediate reaction is going to be about LeBron. It's going to be. And then it's going to go to the city of Cleveland and what they haven't been able to accomplish. But the immediate reaction will be about LeBron James and where he stands in his legacy. And I don't. I know that's the way it is. Unfortunately, I don't think it's fair because LeBron will get hammered again. Yet he's the best player on the planet, and he doesn't deserve to be have any of his accomplishments or talent taken away from him because he hasn't won like other people. He's been to six straight freaking NBA Finals. Are you kidding me? It seems like it's better to lose before you get to the finals than it is in the finals. I mean, guys who haven't even been to nearly as many finals somehow get labeled better than LeBron in these situations when he's actually taken his team to six straight finals. And he's actually gotten there. He's gotten through all these other rounds. But that's what the narrative is going to be. The big issue tomorrow, I think, really, the home court obviously matters. It matters. We know it matters. Home teams seem to get more calls. It's just the way it is in sports, all sports, especially this sport. We know that the Golden State Warriors have an edge there, but it will be absolutely mitigated if Iguodala cannot play, if he is not 100%. He'll play if he is not at the standard that he expects himself and hopes to be. 
because of his back. And if he isn't, then just look out because LeBron will continue to pour in 35, 40 points because his jump shot is on. And part of the reason his jump shot is on is because Iguodala is not healthy. He is not 100%. He cannot cover him and guard him as tight as he was before because he knows he has to basically be ready to move. And he's, I think he's he's got the back issue. He's favoring that. And I think that's a big issue. Nate Geary, you're a big basketball fan. How do you see this thing playing out tomorrow night? You think I'm right about that Iggy point? I think you're right about the Iggy point, but I think even more important that isn't really being talked about is the injury to Andrew Bogut. Um, I don't know if you remember in game four, was it game five? Game five where Bogut, I mean, in the first eight minutes, had like 12 points in four blocks and two of them on LeBron coming down. And that's, to me, the biggest issue is that for the most part, Golden State's got Draymond Green playing the five position now without Andrew Bogut. And that lane is just wide open. And let me tell you, the only guy capable in this series of stopping LeBron from going to the hoop like he's been in the past two games is a guy like Andrew Bogut to guard the to guard the hoop. So, honestly, I as much as I don't necessarily – I'm not exactly on your side on, on this where I want Cleveland, I think, to, to kind of do this. I just am a really big fan of Steph Curry. I think there's something wrong there. I don't, I don't know think... if I want Cleveland to do it. I'm just okay with they do it. Yeah, now. okay. I wasn't, well, I wasn't okay with it before. I'm okay with it now. I'm I'm like still on the fence about it. I, I don't know how I feel. I I, I I like LeBron more now than I did yeah. post decision. Um, but it's to me they're just playing too well. And it, what's unfortunate, Sale, is that we're still not seeing a series between these two teams where each team is healthy. I just for one finals here I want to see both of these teams at 100% go at each other because I think then you're going to see you know what really could happen between these two teams it's, it's a shame last year they didn't have Kyrie and Love this year no Iggy at 100% and Bogut it, it's unfortunate we're not seeing both these teams at 100% when was the last uh, finals to go seven it was just a couple of years ago right did they have the seven was it, it would have been the was Miami, it Miami and San Dallas Miami San Antonio oh, okay. seven Miami San Antonio, that's right, went seven. There haven't, you know, there's been a lot of six and fives. Here you go, Miami San Antonio seven. Here's the last several years: six last year, then five, then seven, the one we just referenced. Five, six, seven, Lakers Celtics. Five, six, four, six, seven, Spurs Pistons back in 2005. So, 2005 counting. Okay, then let's go back. The last time before that was a long time ago. Here we go, Nate. Since 1994. All right. Speaking of the OJ chase. <laughs> During that chase, since that was game five, I think, that night. That one went seven, uh, Knicks and Rockets. Since 1994, there have only been one, 2005, two, 2010, three, 2013, and four. I don't know if that's a lot or not. 94. In 22 years, this is the fourth series to go seven games. You know, so so... Let's get back to what I said earlier. When people talk about conspiracy and extending it and how good it is for the league, I have a hard time believing they're doing that a lot when only four times has it actually happened in 22 years. Sal, I've got another kind of crazy stat for you here if you're ready for it. All right, go ahead. Is okay. this about LeBron and what he leads in? No, this is actually okay. it's about the series, but it's about Golden State. So okay. Golden State, if they win, will become the third team to ever win back-to-back series against the same team. Third team, okay, to everyone, and it's got to be, and I will tell you, let me guess, all right? Yep. Third team ever. Well, I know the, it's got to be Lakers and Celtics in there at some point, right? Um, Technically, no? it's the Lakers, but it's they're not in L.A. That's how long ago it was. Oh, gee, so we're going way back. Then. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't know. I Okay, so it's got to be, 
Okay, so I wouldn't know that. It's the La- it's got to be Lakers and Celtics though for one of them. No, I I thought or Celtics over Lakers then maybe. No Celtics involved in this. So it's the fifty two fifty three and fifty three fifty four Minneapolis Lakers. Over Hold on, the, let's see. I just opened up the page. Let me see. Go ahead. Over the New York Knicks two yep. times in a row. And then it would have been the 96, 97, or was it be the 95, no, 96, this is, 97, 98? Uh, Hold on. No, it's happened, it's happened more than that. I'm looking right now. Over the same Cel- team? Yep. Celtics over St. Louis Hawks in 60 and 61. Celtics over Lakers in 62, 63. Celtics over Lakers in 65, 66. Really? I, oh, yeah. I don't this know was where. On, this was on ESPN. Celtics over Lakers in 68, 69. This happens. This has happened quite a bit. Actually. Really, back to back, same team wins both years against. Though. Yes, yes. Really, ESPN messing it up. That's what it is. That's I'm 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 I am looking right at the NBA Finals wiki page. So there you go. Well, it's something we could look into. See if we're somebody's wrong here. You know. Yeah, this is what it is. It's it. That's what it, that's that listed the one you said. Lakers Knicks um, when they're in Minneapolis, but there's also uh, Celtics. Actually, actually, uh, there's actually right, not Celtics Hawks right after that. Actually, Hawks won one of those years. Yep, there it is. Celtics Hawks sixty sixty one. Yep, Celtics I see Lakes, that. Six, see sixty two sixty three. Five. Yep. Mm-hmm. Here's a lot of them. Oh, they must have. But I, did guys. you read? Did you read about LeBron and what he's doing in the series? He actually leads all players. Get this, Nate. All players on the floor in the series in points, rebounds, steals, assists, block shots. That's amazing. He every category. Every category, he is the leader in this series of every player playing in the series. It's hard to. Yeah, yeah. He, that's he is a beast. He's amazing. That's why I say we have to at least start putting him at least in the discussion of and having that conversation of where he falls compared to MJ. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up here at the Lacey Ford. We'll tell you all about it when WGR Sports Talk Saturday returns. Okay, we are wrapping things up here at the Lacey Ford. I'll tell you about that in a second. want to give some thank yous, however, out there to our special guests today, several of them, Ryan McNaughton out in Cleveland, talking about the state of the Cleveland fan, my, fan mindset going into tomorrow night. Brian Cozio on the U.S. Open. Defense attorney Michael D'Amico here in Erie County on the OJ documentary, The Trial and Its Impact Now, and Judith Belushi. That's right, the wife of John Belushi joining me to talk about what's going on up at Riviera Theater next week. It is the Blues Brothers official review show. You can go to rivieratheater.org and find out more information about that. Thank you very much to all four of them for their contributions to the program today. And, of course, Nate Geary back at our WGR Sports Radio 550 station uh, Amherst Studios. And, of course, next week we are going to have all the coverage for you of the 2016 NHL Draft, and we're going to have the draft for you on Friday night. Saturday as well, we'll be live and local all day on Friday for that, and wall-to-wall coverage of the NHL Draft and WGR Sports Radio 550 is presented by Value Home Centers. Want speed, experience, and a winning team? Shop fast, shop smart, shop Value Home Centers, and brought to you in part by Duval College, Educating for Life, by New York's only outlet liquor, What's Your Outlet?, and by Jim Murphy, Buick GMC, JimMurphyCars.com, serving Western New York since 1985. So we want to make sure everybody knows about what's going on there with the draft next week. I, I, we're going to be heading out of here from uh, Lacey Ford today, and they were tremendous to us today, and they got so many great deals going on out here today. We need you to get down. We need you to get over here and take part in what's going on with these deals today at Lacey Ford. It is, of course, Lacey Ford's first for Ford and first for for you, customer appreciation sales event. It is till 5 o'clock today and tomorrow, 10.30 to 4. 
3061 Transit Road between Clinton and Seneca Street. I'm going to be here right now leaving, but you can still come down here. doesn't matter. The deals are still going on. Save on great selection of certified pre-owned vehicles, 1.9% financing on all certified Escape Fusion, Focus, and F-150s, plus a Ford certified 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. The Lacey is showing its appreciation with great lease offers, too. Whether you're buying, you're leasing, you have a uh, car, a truck, a minivan, anything like that, SUV, Veterans and first responders also getting an additional incentive this month. It includes almost all veterans, police officers, corrections officers, EMTs, and others. All you got to do is see salespeople for complete details. They've been great to us today. They've been feeding us out here. We got lunch. We got cars. We got prizes. The WGR team was here, so I want to thank them for having us out here today at DeLacy Ford. Am I forgetting anything? What was I, did, I, did I even tease something? I don't even know if I teased anything before. I, I want to make sure I wrap everything up today in a nice bowl for everybody before we head on out. I didn't. I know what I wanted to tell you. It's Father's Day tomorrow. That's what it is. It's Father's Day. How could I forget? My third Father's Day. It's great. Awesome. Going to spend the day with uh, Max and, and my wife and uh, go for a nice little day trip somewhere. It'll be fun. But I hope all the fathers out there do have a, a great time. And sons, thank your fathers. You know, especially uh, if you're listening to this program, you're probably a sports fan. Maybe he is too. You know, maybe take him golfing or do something. You know, go to a baseball game somewhere. It doesn't have to be a, a big event. Can it be a, a summer league game somewhere just to kind of hang out? Watch a little sports, that'd be cool. Whatever. Watch the U.S. Open with Pops. It doesn't matter. My father, many, many years ago, passed away. I was a teenager. Uh, his his support of me loving sports is why I do this today. Never discouraged me to pursue my passion of sports, to play sports, to be a part of sports. And that's why I do what I do today. So, got to say, I love you, Dad. I miss you very much. It's been 23 years since he's passed on. And want to make sure that you all cherish the moment you have with your fathers, with your sons out there, and have a great weekend. Nate. Happy Father's Day to you, uh, your stepdad, I believe it is. Happy uh, Father's Day to your family as well. And uh, Or if I'm missing anybody, anybody in there, make sure you uh, pass that along to them. Will do. Thank you, Sal. All right. Thank you very much. We will have ESPN Radio coming your way next on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.